You're listening to the DTF podcast, Down to Fitness, where we turn personal trainers into fitness professionals. We're your hosts, Dayton McPherson and Kyle Radun. Welcome back to Down to Fitness podcast, everybody. I'm Dayton McPherson. He is Kyle Radun. On today's episode, a very special guest. We have a CrossFit semifinalist, a CrossFit box owner, a past engineer, and all-around good dude, Kyle Boffman. All right, Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Awesome to have you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped. Yeah, this is fun. We've been wanting to do this for a couple weeks slash couple months, and we finally just had a random day where we were shooting text messages back and forth and worked out, and here we are. It lined up. I can't wait. Awesome. Um, Well, I just want to start this off and preface to say that I currently belong to Kyle B's, Boffman's CrossFit Box. Kyle Radoon used to belong until he moved to Florida. So we've got some experience in your gym, seeing you train, seeing some of your athletes train, uh, seeing how you developed your business as an, an owner. And that's why we wanted to have you on is not only are you living fitness and competing at some of the highest levels in CrossFit, but you started a business from the ground up, which is awesome, man. You're doing two of the hardest things right there. Yeah, it's been a wild ride um, the past this uh this Sunday will be my fifth year open. So it'll wow. be five years on Sunday. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So Dude. let's start off with the awesome ride. Yeah, like, I mean, five years ago, uh, and Kyle, you're gonna take this story, but I wanted to give a little intro here because Dave and I claim to be, you know, the fitness uh gurus. We know everything about running a business. We don't. It's a joke. No. No. Uh but ultimately, I walked into your gym. I had been looking for a closer CrossFit gym to my house. Um, I was going about 15, 20 minutes away, and you were five minutes down the road. I walked in. I don't think you were open, probably less than a few weeks, maybe a month tops. Um, I think you were, you know, you, we were one of the small. first people that had walked in the door. So, awesome. See? Yeah. So I walked in, and, uh, and Kyle, we're going to ask you all about your history in sales and gym and all that stuff. But when I walked in there, you, you know, you did all the things that we talk about in the podcast. You built relationships. You were very welcoming. When I walked into that gym and you welcomed me, within five minutes, I was like, this is the place that I got to be. Didn't even care that you only had three members. So that, that was absolutely true. It was like you were one of the first people. And day one, when I opened, I only had one person show up. And or I had two people show up. And one was my current wife. Um, so she was my girlfriend at the time. She showed up and one random guy showed up and that was my first day. And I was like, how am I going to pay rent? <laughs> so, um, it was, uh, it's, it's grown a lot and it's been, it's just been like making sure the, the qual the product, um, has the highest quality. Um, you know, the area that we're in and there are so many CrossFit gyms and there's so many other gyms there. So like, why would anybody pick my gym from somebody else's? So it has to, has to be a quality product. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think right in, in fitness, we kind of forget about the product itself and we focus Ooh. on the things that aren't as important. And I know uh, it will talk about it a little bit here, but when you, you put your fitness first and your members first, and you have a great community over there, you have a really nice gym. Um, so you know, I stumbled in there and I was like, oh, this dude's awesome. Didn't even care. Like, you know, when we talk about the way to do a tour and the way to sell memberships and, 
you didn't necessarily check any of those boxes, but after a 15 minute conversation, I opened my wallet and threw it at you. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so funny because you naturally had that gift of like, you could help people. You were a fitness person from, from your day one as a, as a business owner. So I just wanted to start off the podcast kind of commending your efforts because you were a natural and over this five years of experience, you're only going to be that much better, right? Yeah, it's gotten much easier when people come in for me to sell them because I actually have like read books and learned. Um, but at first it was like, Kyle comes in and he's like, hey, like, tell me about your gym. And I'm like, uh, what do I tell you about the gym? This is, you look at it. <laughs> um, but honestly, like when you came in, you had all the questions, like you were like, what's the programming like? what equipment do you have? Um, what are the class times? And I just basically was straightforward with you, answered all your questions and you like knew what you wanted and needed. And that was like the easiest sale of my life. Um, there since then, like I now know like how to introduce people to the gym, how to ask the right questions, what their goals are, make them feel comfortable and then be like, I can help you with this. And this is the product. This is the price this is this is what I, I will do for you um and it's it's much easier to get people to join um but day one i mean i had been an engineer so i was just numbers drawings um i worked on a submarine so i really had no clue like i wasn't really attached to fitness but i had worked at a crossfit gym before when i moved to connecticut I had spent like three years, basically, I, I kept moving around and I had spent it, spent six month stretches at all these different gyms and I loved CrossFit. I just couldn't find a gym that I liked. And I finally found one at this little tiny box called CrossFit Stonington, small gym. And they had like 150 members, everybody's super into CrossFit and I, uh, I remember the, the owner could tell that I was really into CrossFit and he was like, you got to get your L1. So I got my L1 after I got my L1, I started helping out there. And then he was like, you know, you should, you could open up an affiliate if you wanted to. And I was like, yeah, that's like what, what I really want to do. He's like, well, there's only one way to do it. So I went on vacation with my parents, like not even a month later. And I was like, like, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm going to quit my job. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, that's funny. And literally, I came back from vacation. I was like, I can't do this shit anymore. Turned in my two-week notice. And uh, my wife and I, we moved to um, West Hartford area. We found an open space. And uh, I immediately leased it and spent all my life savings on the gym equipment. And I've just yeah. been learning ever since. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that's awesome. Right. So, so you're in a, you're, you're bouncing around, you find the affiliate that's like best for you. You fall in love with, uh, fitness yourself. Cause obviously you're here, we're talking about the business, but selfishly, Ooh. I do want to ask you a little bit about being an athlete as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What, cause you be, you know, you being able to advance through, you know, to me, I'm just happy if I make the top half million in the open. Uh, and you're like, uh, if I don't qualify by a lot, then it wasn't a good time. So, yeah. Tell us so, a little bit about your like dedication to actually doing the CrossFit, hopping around these gyms. Like, 
you meet some people, you meet some coaches. How did you get really into like the thick of things as an athlete? Well, before I even like, I had always wanted to do CrossFit since I was introduced to it in college and where I went to school in upstate New York, there were no CrossFit gyms. So I was basically waiting until I graduated till I could do it. But at like the Globo gym, I was like trying to learn how to do like butterfly pull-ups and double unders. And I taught myself how to snatch and clean and jerk, like with the, the metal plates that you can't drop. So I was like, I'm sure like the owners of those gyms, like were sketched out by me, but I was proficient with all of the movements before I even went to a CrossFit gym. And then when I walked in the door for my first CrossFit experience, uh, they were like, Hey, do you want to do the on-ramp? And I was like, no, I can do everything. And it was like a one rep max back squat day. And I just back squatted like 500 pounds. Cause like all oh I did, God. all I did in college was like squat deadlift, like clean, um, snatch. And, uh, like I just was like basically a power lifter, but I was extremely deconditioned and all my gymnastics sucked. So, mm. um, I had known that like, I wanted to be rich froning, like rich froning was like a God to me. And then, so I started going to these CrossFit gyms. I throw up during my first like workout that because we had to run. And I was like, you're expecting me to run. I can't do that. So <laughs> it took me forever to get like the conditioning in and, kind of figure out pacing because pacing's um a game in its own and i just i i loved it right away partially because like when you're young and in your 20s you're like oh i want to look a certain way and well i wanted to look like the guys on tv that i was watching like rich froning and josh bridges um but i mean i'm a tall guy i'm like six two so those guys were much smaller than me. It made the other stuff look very easy. And like the gymnastics things for me had, were a struggle to, to always learn. So it, it took me a really long time to kind of figure out the right way to train for myself and uh, kind of the right like program uh, style to kind of follow because there's so many things out there. And I think a lot of CrossFit gyms do a really poor job programming um, a lot of people follow these crazy programs that have a ton of high volume. And, uh, if you like come into our classes, I really limit the volume, but the people are still like extremely fit. So, um, and I think there's a lot of overuse, like overuse injuries that can be avoided if you're actually smart about how you approach, uh, programming for your group of people and making sure you know your group well. You know, I'm going to jump in on that because uh, as soon as you mentioned some of the programming stuff, this is something I noticed right away. And you as a competitive games athlete, you are trying to, or, you know, trying to go to the games. Your programming looks very different than maybe what someone at your box, you know, uh, Joan walked in off the street. She wants to get fit. Mm -hmm. What does, you know, what does programming like? you know, for your gym compared to for you or like, how is that different? Yeah. So, I mean, I follow a really similar template to what my gym does. Like, um, I break up the days basically into like a barbell day, a gymnastics day, uh, another barbell day, a conditioning day, another barbell day, and, a, and then either gymnastics or conditioning. Um, 
And my volume is just a lot more because I have the ability to train multiple times a day and take a break and eat perfectly and dial in my sleep and everything else. But I know, um, Cindy, she has three kids and she was up all night with her youngest and she had like a scoop of peanut butter before she ran to the gym to just like get a quick workout in because like the rest of the day is going to be wild for her. I know things aren't going to be perfect for her. So I need to like make sure that she's going to still get some benefit from coming. Um, but basically the difference is like I have more loading. I have more volume but the intent behind the programming is really the same. Um, there's a base level of fitness that basically everyone gets when they come to my gym. There's, we do like, we make sure that you get some type of aerobic work like every day. So, um, and every, like you will see if you follow the programming long enough, you'll see like every Monday we're on a squat progression. Every Tuesday, we're on an upper body pulling or pressing progression. And usually Wednesday, I'm having us do a progression of some type of pull from the floor. And we're on like a four-week cycle. Um, my programming differs because I've now that I've developed myself enough, I have a full-time coach. So he's dialing in things for me so i'm doing a lot more upper body pressing than like i would want my group to do because that's a weakness for for me personally but uh he he's a lot smarter than me and it's been nice because i've been able to learn a lot from him um and it's it's definitely influenced my programming quite a bit yeah that's awesome i mean the the crossfit methodology like, i don't know if you like kind of buy into that whole like program for the best scale for the rest is that what the saying is I yeah um, and i mean you can you can do that to an extent but if you're at my gym we have three semi-finalists and if i program a workout for me kate and skylar the rest of the gym would they it would be almost impossible to scale it correctly for every single person every single person would have to scale it and then you get into a bunch of the ego lifting the uh like the stupid injuries that happen from people trying to do too much. Um, and like coaching gets really hard because you're just trying to like manage everybody's emotions and feelings and all that crap. And when you walk into the gym, you're, you're there to have fun. And like, that's like, that's the main point. Like these people that are part of my community, they're, they're there to like, relieve stress this is like the best time of their day to hang out with their friends and to like get healthy um and i don't want to like discourage them ever and i want them to like have a good time so they come in and they they do their lifts they do their conditioning they're all laying on the floor at the end awesome i give them high fives we bring it in for a huddle and call it a day yeah i uh the reason i mentioned that is because i I go back and forth and I love CrossFit. Uh, we mm. wouldn't be having this conversation if I didn't like CrossFit. Like I, I'm sure I'm biased, but yeah. while I do love CrossFit, I'm pretty critical of CrossFit. Um, and anyone that follows like my personal page, I can challenge some of those things, you know, that are happening. Uh, and I, I mentioned the, the program for the best scale for the rest because it, 
I've seen it in a big box gym and it really doesn't work when the, when the scales are that different because you can't scale appropriately. Um, and what ends up happening is a lot of these gyms that they have the competitive programming for their gen pop people. And it, you see this a lot of turnover people come and go. And we, you know, you don't see that with your gym, your gym has continued to grow and grow and grow over these five years. So whenever I go to a CrossFit gym, the number one complaint I hear from the members is always they talk about the workout. It's the programming or the community. Those are the two things that people always complain about. And if you can nail the programming, I uh, will ask you about your community in a minute, but I know your community is awesome. And I think those are maybe two of the most important factors. Um, is there, is that true? Or do you think there's something else that I think, I think, I think that's absolutely true, but I have a good example of like really bad programming for a box. So, um, my wife and I, we stopped at a box in New Hampshire and we dropped in and I'm like, I'm a semifinal athlete. Like I can do any crossover workout. I'm not intimidated by any box. I come in, the, the coach is super nice to me. She's really nice to, uh, Shana. We, come in the workout of the day was 30 strict ring muscle ups for time. And I'm looking in the class. I'm at a noon class. It's me, a 67 year old woman, very frail. Not, not like there's no chance she can do a muscle up. And there's a woman in her fifties. That's um, she's not very fit. And the workouts, 30 strict ring muscle ups for time. And I'm like, what are these people going to do? So I can do the thir the 30 strict ring muscle ups, but I'm looking at this like 67 year old woman and they have her doing box assisted jumping bar muscle ups and they're like encouraging her to do it. And I was thinking mm -hmm. to myself, like what happens when this woman flips over the bar and like falls down or if she gets like unbalanced, she didn't even have the, the ability to press herself up. So that was like another bad scale. Um, they modified it to ring rows and pushups, but doing 30 ring rows and pushups, um, wasn't much of a workout for Shayna, um, who needed something more, but she couldn't do the 30 strict ring muscle ups or 30 muscle ups in that case. Um, so it was just like a really poorly programmed workout for their population. Mm -hmm. And that that time could have been so much better spent that one hour could have been much better spent for everyone in there. Um, and I know the lady that was 67 years old, she was just discouraged by the end because she failed like 10 jumping uh, assisted bar muscle ups. And um, the other woman, she didn't even try it because she was intimidated. She was scared. So it was like, nobody, nothing good came from that workout. So you really need to know your group. And I think it's silly when people talk about outsourcing programming. If you don't know how to program and you own a gym, then that's something you need to educate yourself in because you're responsible for the people that walk in the door. Um, and there's been plenty of times where I've gotten it wrong and I've wrote in a poor workout. But uh, there's plenty of times where, like, you nail it and, like, everybody's in there. They're having a blast. Like, music's bumping and you finish and you look around every single person smiling and you have a like, and that's where the community really comes together when they have a good time and they like, they actually get something from the, the service you're providing them. Yep. Yep. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So uh, back to kind of the business side of things. So you open mm -hmm. a CrossFit gym. I want to talk a little bit about 
of CrossFit Affiliate because personally, I actually, for the last year, uh, have a couple of buddies. We've been looking at buildings, thinking about opening up a CrossFit gym myself. I've been like ready to pull the trigger, but not like 100% sold. So when this episode idea came up, I was like, well, I got to ask a couple of those little behind the scenes questions. So, um, you know, getting started, I think some of the logistics and starting up your own CrossFit gym, or even if a listener is not into CrossFit, they're opening up their own private personal training studio. The same things kind of apply. Um, And you were new to like the entrepreneurial, like business startup thing. How did you like find your building and like, negotiate leases and, and come up with some of that nitty gritty, like, I want nothing to do with that crap. Yeah. So now I know a lot more and you, through networking through my gym, it's really opened my eyes to how wrong I've, I, I did it when I first opened up. So I'm glad to uh, share some light on this, but if you can find investors, you are going to get a much lower rate if you have to borrow money for an equipment loan. So I did an equipment loan through um, Rig Equipment. That's the, what Rogue had as a as somebody you could use, and I got a twenty percent interest loan, which was very expensive. And yeah. you can see, I'll tell you a little more. So after I I, I put a lot of money down. And I w- had no income, and I found my uh, my the space I wanted. It was a previously a CrossFit gym. I walked in, there was already the wall ball line on the wall. Everything was just red though, so it looked hideous. So I all I had to do was paint the place and put the flooring in, and then get the equipment. So the landlord came to me with the lease, and I called up one of my parents' lawyer friends from home. They looked it over and they're like, "This is just." regular lease terms like everything looks fine they're not trying to screw you over or anything but what i didn't know is that i could have negotiated to have free months of rent so when you move into a place you need to say hey listen i'm starting my business i'm going to need at least a month to renovate the facility how i need it so you get one month free there then you want just like if you can push for three months like most mm-hmm. landlords, if they're doing okay, they would gladly give you three months as long as you sign up for a three-year lease or more. So I signed up for a three-year lease. I didn't get any months free. So I opened the door. Month one, I spent just getting everything ready. It took me the entire month. So I spent all that money on on my lease. I spent all that money on the equipment. And then month two comes, I open the doors and I have that one customer show up <clears throat> and I have the lease to pay. I have the equipment loan to pay the electricity. So that's when the overhead was really high and I didn't have the uh, revenue to pay for anything. Um, and that's where, I mean, I got so lucky because I got two personal training clients that I sold and they showed up every single day. And that's the only way I was able to pay the bills. But I did not make a cent. I did not make any money for like eight months. And I remember just laying in my bed at night crying to my wife, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because like it was so hard. But I just kept showing up every day and I kept giving it my all. 
I coached five classes a day, did two personal training clients every I day. I can attest to it. He was there at 5 a.m. Sometimes yep. when in the beginning, I was the only one at the 5 a.m. And man, did I feel bad making you get out of bed for me. No, it's yeah. And that's that's that was just how I started. So like coming back, if I had to do it again, one, I would make sure that like if you and your partners are opening up something, I would make sure that you know people in the area already because I opened up a business in an area where I didn't know a single person. And that was tough because if you're somebody from out of town trying to open up something new, um, you, the people there, they don't know you anything. So you like really have to like sucker them into like even showing up. Um, the hardest thing to do is get people to show up the first day. Um, so if I was opening a CrossFit gym one, I would probably open it in my, like in a town where people knew me. Um, the second thing is I would negotiate the lease and I would find an investor to help me pay for my gym equipment because the interest from that was like almost a thousand dollars a month. So, um, that, that hurt. And mm -hmm. if, if I had a good investor, they would say, Hey, you don't have to pay me for an entire year. And then, um, so then the overhead for the first year is way low mm -hmm. and you can build mm -hmm. up your customer yeah. base. And if you can build up your customer base, then, I mean, this, the, the thing about CrossFit that's nice is it's a subscription business. Like everybody looks at it. Like it's, um, it's, I mean, that's what like most of these gyms are there. Uh, like every gym is a subscription business, but CrossFit has like one of the highest, um, average, uh, average revenue per member, um, gym prices in like that I know of. I mean, unless you, all of your clients are personal training clients. Yeah, I mean, in, in Florida, membership here is $250 a month. I don't know what Connecticut yeah. is, but I mean, we're like $200 if you're doing unlimited, yeah. but like, that's pretty good for like, um, one person. <laughs> um, yeah. if, if you're doing like, I mean, personal training one hour every single day, of course, that's going to be a huge bill. Um, and, but if you're just going to a Globo gym, like you can pay 40 bucks to go to a Globo gym. Yeah. Um, so if you can get, you don't have to get that many people to pay rent. You, if you yeah. get, get it enough to pay yourself, then man, that's awesome. And then the next part is like, you just have to keep those people happy. And like you, if you provide a good service, guess what? Like you keep growing because it's word of mouth. That's like the, the, I mean, CrossFit will grow by word of mouth because otherwise like people don't tend to show up to a CrossFit gym. They're just intimidated by it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the burning question I think too is, uh, and, and this actually, uh, uh, coach, uh, Jason Ackerman just posted the other day about the $3,000 affiliate fee. And I, I thought to myself, I was like, you know, I gotta ask Kyle about this because he made a post and he said, you know, do you feel, do affiliate owners feel that they get what they, their $3,000 is worth? And for a, you know, for most, uh, like a franchise model where they take percentage of your revenue every month, they charge you fees every year, they're taking a lot of money from you. And CrossFit is an affiliate model. And at $3,000 a year, uh, it's a super low barrier. But then you hear a lot of times affiliate owners complain that they don't do enough. Um, and I would argue in our business, $3,000 worth of like, 
effort to build your business is like nothing. So anything CrossFit does for you should be worth the $3,000 in my opinion. And I'm interested in what that experience was like for you. Do they help you get going? Do they give you marketing materials? Do they like, do they lend you support like that? Or is it just like, here's our name, thanks. So at first, when I opened five years ago, it was just, you can use CrossFit in your name. And honestly, five years ago, when I opened it, 2018, that's when CrossFit was at its peak. Um, since then, like, if you look at the Google searches, CrossFit is down over 50% per search. So back in 2018, when I started, it was definitely worth the $3,000 because we were getting, getting like hits from people searching CrossFit. CrossFit gets searched a lot less now. And I mean, if you were to search CrossFit in my area, my gym is going to come up first because we have the most reviews and we're all five stars. So it's like, I know they're not going to go to the one down the road from me because they don't have five stars and they have way less views if they use Google anyway. Um, and so back then I thought it was worth it just for, just for that. They did not help you open the gym. They did not give you like uh, business plan materials. They didn't, did not give you marketing, but I think so many people complained that, uh, they actually started to really put an effort into it. I have looked at some of the stuff. I don't think it's that great yet, but I know Austin Maliola is in charge of, that uh, and the, cap, the programming uh no he's not in charge of the programming anymore he's in charge of the like affiliate toolkit is what it's called oh, so okay. they give you they give you like marketing material but it's really like it'll be like a video like one video and then they'll give you like examples of like things you could do um but other than that they 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 don't help no, out. So that no much. business strategy, no nothing. You're just like they're just like, oh hey, fitness person, here's our name. Go run a gym. Exactly. So like as long as you have your L1, you can open a gym, which is not that good because that's yeah. when that's when you get a bunch of people that they don't know what they're doing. They start, you know, this is how CrossFit gets a bad name. <laughs> well, but, and, uh, and it, yeah. This is and this is kind of where I was going with that too. It's right. You crank out all these people with the L1. You get a weekend seminar, basically. Mm -hmm. And they open these fitness facilities where people are going very quickly with now a good coach. Obviously, it's the appropriate weight, right? Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. who is really lifting appropriate weight? Uh, so, it, you know, obviously, when you have a good coach and you're on top of that. But what I see a lot is CrossFit gets this bad rap. But CrossFit isn't bad. It's mm -hmm. some of the owners of these it's, gyms. It's these. It's the it's the bad gyms. So I've been to a lot of bad gyms before, and I wanted to make sure my gym was not like that at all. I've been to a gym where the coach literally had the warm up on the board, the workout on the board, and he at the very beginning of class he'd be like, "Okay, this is the workout today. This is the warm up. I'm going to give you 20 minutes. When you're done with the warm up, we're going to meet at the board. I'll tell you the workout again, and then I'll start the clock." And he would go over and squat while the rest of the class <laughs> would do their warm up. And they're not even doing the workout of his own gym. Yeah, I know. So I was like, uh, this is uh, this is bad. So I wanted to make sure my gym was nothing like that. And it's really like you you see the bad gyms, they they go out of business. They they just they can't survive. But um the uh the affiliates that do a good job and the people like myself that are really into like 
continuing their education and providing a better quality product and being a better coach and, and knowing how to like support the people in their gym, those gyms, they stay open. And like, if you look at a 10 year affiliate, if you walked into a 10 year affiliate, then every single person, I mean, like, you know, you're going to get supported well at a 10 year affiliate. Um, they, you can't be open for 10 years and provide a shit, shit quality product. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Kyle does not do what he just said at his gym. He goes through everything. Like he makes sure that he's explaining exactly what to do. He's he's great with regressions and progressions too. And I'm I'm speaking firsthand. Like when was I there? Yesterday, Kyle? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. I didn't do the the workout with the group, but I did it with another group. And Kyle's a really good programmer. The most fit that I ever was in my life was during COVID when we were doing those two and a half hour long sessions. Me, you, <laughs> we were crushing it, dude. It was great. And oh, now, awesome. now that now that life's gotten in the way just a little bit more, not not as fit. But you know, I I can speak firsthand that Kyle does have that uh, that personality of someone that lives what he's doing. Like it's part of his job, but it's also him teaching it to other people and him doing it himself. And, you know, I'm in fitness, but there are so many times that I have questions for Kyle. Like, I don't understand how to do this. How can I get better at this? And, you know, we, we talk about learning from the best and Kyle's one of the best with being semifinals athlete. And that's what I want to know about. Like, what are those experiences? Like, it's cool watching you on TV. I'm like, Hey, I know that guy. Hey, I know that girl. I know that guy too. So I get inspired by you guys and I really enjoy working out with Kyle. Like we've done partner wads together because I will not work out harder than when I do it with him. I know he's not going to take it easy on me and I die. Well, Dayton, there's a really, I have a really good memory of coaching you for one of the first times I made you do Fran. And yeah. I knew almost right away that Dayton is somebody that like, if you start to really push him and tell him to go, he will continue to push himself and go like there's, he will, he will go, he will just do whatever you tell him. So he's dying doing Fran and I'm over there like back up on the pull-up bar, do another one. And he's like, just killing himself. And oh at God. the end he, he falls on the ground and he's like, Kyle, my heart rate monitor said it got up to 205 or something. <laughs> and I was like, are you alive? Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. Yeah, but I was yeah. the only person in the gym too, by the mm -hmm. way, doing yep. Fran by myself. Never I that was before I had butterfly pull-ups. Yeah. Like I, I had no yeah, I had no idea really what I was doing. And I we always joke I should try to do it again because I have my score still loaded up somewhere. I think that would be really fun. But you just gotta scream and yell at me again, or else I, I won't be my time. Yeah, yeah. Man, um Fran, Fran, I'm scarred for life. Kyle, do you know the last time I did Fran? Was that no. your gym? Oh, really? Was it? <laughs> yes. It was the only time in my life I fell off a pull-up bar and I have not done friends Ooh. since. Oh, our dude, I'd actually do remember that. So that, anytime anyone has fallen off the pull-up bar, like it has scarred me. Yeah. So I uh I did friend one of my first times at CrossFit, I tried Fran. Uh and I was basically doing strict pull-ups. I didn't know how to kip. I was like a 930 Fran. And like, you know, I actually was kind of happy I still did in under 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the second time was at your gym. I had been prospecting about year three and uh, I'll never forget it. I looked up at the clock and it was like, I cut my time like in half. I was like going into the round of nine with like six minutes and I'll never forget. I was, I had like three more pull-ups and I was like, 
do not let go of this bar. Do not come down from this bar. You're going to get all three. And on the last one, my hands just went and I just landed right on my back. And I have not tried Fran since. It's okay. Yeah, it's not fun. It's, it's that's probably my gross. least one of my least favorite like bench mark workouts. You had mentioned before about the hero workouts and um, which one was my favorite. Um, and yeah, honestly, like I really don't like the hero workouts in general because I think they're too much uh, for a regular CrossFit uh, class or workout. Um, and so I think there's. I think there's a great reason to do them and there's a great reason to suffer for them. Uh, but you can't program them weekly um, or anything like that. But my favorite one that is actually like, you can control the volume really well is Nate. Um, that's two muscle ups four handstand pushups and six or eight kettlebell swings. Yeah. And uh, that workout is it's, it's super fun, but like there are plenty of CrossFit workouts that are just way too much. So, well, and now, and now they've taken the OG workouts and enhanced them to make them harder because 20 years later, we're actually all so much better than CrossFitters in 2005. I know it's wild. It's wild now. Um, all right. So I, uh, you know, the other thing I wanted to really quickly, you, uh, you've really grown a team of trainers or coaches in your, in your facility, in your box. Uh, we're, our listeners are mostly coaches, trainers. So as you've grown and you've been able to hire people, right? You were telling us you were doing, you were coaching the five or five, six a.m., the seven a.m., the nine a.m., and now you actually get to kind of step back a little bit. You've built up a team around you. The gym is still successful. The gym is still growing, but you've gotten to take a couple steps back. Um, I think for most business owners, entrepreneurs, that's the dream. And after a few years, it's we still aren't usually there. You've hit year five. What you know? How and, how and I'm home on and I'm home on a Friday night. Who would have thought? Right. So like, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I just got really lucky because, I mean, my gym has definitely brought in really amazing people. Just because they're, I have inspired them. The people at the gym have been have been inspired, and they want to be a part of this really fit community, and. So I got lucky. I, I have had coaches just join my gym because they love it. And so they wanted to be a part of the community. And I have, a, I have better coaches than, I, than me at my gym. Um, I have a guy that was, he's been coaching for like nine years. And when I go to one of his classes, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how he does it, but he can engage the the people with every person in there so well. And like, he knows what motivates each one of them. And he knows he can remember every weight that they've ever lifted, every PR they've had, um, what weight they should use ahead of time. Like he knows it for his group. And that was big. So like, I've actually learned from my coaches. So experience really matters. But when I have a new coach come in, somebody that wants to coach for me, they need to be shadowed, like, or they need to shadow me first. And I have a certain way that I like things done because I've seen a lot of really tragic CrossFit classes. So they have to follow my format and they, they shadow me for a while. They make sure that they're doing things correctly. And then finally, like I'll let them run a class on their own, but I'm there and I watch and uh, that happens for a few weeks. So it's like a couple month long process. Um, no, that's great. Yeah. But 
I've had people try to coach at the gym before. I had a girl that tried to coach and it just wasn't going to work. I could tell right away, like all of the coaches at the gym are like very skilled and they are really well respected by every other member. Um, if you don't have the respect of the people that walk in the door, like if I went into a, into a class and I didn't respect the coach, that's not a good start. Right. So you like any person in there, like if I do a class, I need to make sure that the coach can cue me. Like I do things wrong still. And it would be really rare to, um, go into a gym and actually have a coach try to coach me, but that's what I want. So I want my coaches to be able to do that. I get that. Uh, yeah, little quick thing there. As I, I've noticed that the better athlete you are, CrossFit, a lot of the average coaches will leave you alone and they only want to talk to like the newbie. I worked at a, a CrossFit gym for a couple of years after COVID. And one of the things that frustrated me to no end was all of my peers would stop coaching me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the one that wants to be coached more than that person. And you haven't looked at me because you're, you know. You're like, oh, he's doing um, good. Don't just let yeah. him go. Right now, like I have a lot of room to improve. Like you better be coaching me. Uh, so wait, who's the who's the really great coach? You want to shout him out? Oh, Gary Boyvin. Yeah, Gary. Gary. I, I actually Ooh. wanted you to shout him out because he's my dad. I didn't mention this. My dad goes to your gym, and he that's does. his favorite coach because he's the early AM guy. So he I've is. Heard, I've heard great things about Gary. So shout out to Gary. We love good. Shout coaches. out to Gary. He crushes it, man. He really does. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. Uh, getting a little long here. I want to sign off with one kind of fun question, change it up a little bit. Um, you have all this really cool experience. What is your favorite moment as a competitive CrossFit athlete? All right. So I have a really funny one this past year at semifinals. I, uh, I had one event left and my coach Matt was like, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to qualify and I had a strategy in my head, like, okay, like it's a pretty short workout. Like this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, he's like, Hey man, you know, you're good for this workout. Like you could do that workout and get like, I don't know, top 15, or you could try to like win it and just go for it. And I was like, what do I have to lose? He's like, exactly. So go for it. So I went out there and I'm absolutely destroying this workout. It was like, um, echo bike calories, toes to bar and sandbag carry. I'm winning for the first two rounds. Then the third round comes this is the final round. And I get to the toes to bar and I'm like in survival mode. Like I'm seeing black closing in and I go from like first in my heat, first in every heat to like almost dead last. And, uh, I survive and I barely make it across the finish line. And I, I died, but like, I had a lot of good screen time. So there's like a picture of me <laughs> on the push on really like, they're like, can you, can he hold on? And that answer is like, no, he can't. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like going into the back and I used to do uh, like hard work pays off the, the programming by Matt Frazier. So I got to meet him a couple of times and I go into the back and I just hop in the ice bath and I'm just like devastated. And Frazier comes up to me and he's like, Hey Kyle. And I was like, wow, this dude remembered me. I was like, this is amazing. Matt Frazier said my name. And he was like, he's like, you almost had that one, buddy. Next time. <laughs> I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, but I was oh, like, I was good. Good. but the highlight was, you know, Matt Frazier talked to me. That's so. cool. So 
yeah that that makes it all worth it right yeah, we made it worth it yeah cool no but well, i love that story that's fun yeah well kyle i know you gotta run uh thank you so much for joining us today it was awesome to talk to you as always uh if anybody is ever in connecticut check out golden goose crossfit check them out on instagram too. do a drop-in class kyle would love to have you one of the best coaches that i've ever been around and kyle and i have been in lots of gyms so we know one when we see one uh kyle good luck in the upcoming season next year uh and good luck in continuing the success with your business and your community man thanks guys thanks for having me it's a blast Absolutely. good to see you kyle have a good one bye Later. everybody